listening to For the Love of God Podcast. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. Yes, fellas, we are back another week of the podcast. And uh, folks, we are missing somebody. Nathan Jewell will not be in the studio today, but I am here and Rick is here. And we have a special guest. Our friend Robert Dennison is joining us in the studio. Robert, how are you? Yeah, pleasure to be here. Awesome. And that's that. (laughs) That was short and sweet. I mean... I asked him how he was, and he's just happy to be here. Robert, how was your day? It was a really good day. Uh, had a couple of moments here where just seeing where the Spirit leads people in their lives, and it's just interesting how sometimes that kind of pops up into your daily lives of people you meet at church. Right. Opportunities like these. Opportunity knocking. Rick, how was your week? Oh, man. So far, amazing. Yeah. It truly is amazing. Um, you know, just uh, God is doing some amazing things, not only in the church, uh, in my life, but also, uh, even in the business that I work for during the day, mm-hmm. um, just, uh, answering prayer. You know, we had, uh, we had like a couple of people resign, uh, last week and I'm thinking, Oh, what's well, How are we going to survive? And so I'm just praying, God, you're going to have to do, do something. You have to do a miracle. And, uh, yeah, I think we might have four people starting lose two, gain four. That's no a positive. Kidding. That's a, that's a total plus of two. That's a, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, a lot of good opportunities so far this week for ministry, too, which is like that always puts me on cloud nine. Right. You know, it's one thing to do well at work, and that's good. And I, yeah, obviously, I like to have a paycheck. And plus, I do get to work in a, you know, in a job that where we actually minister to autistic children, but nothing like ministry opportunities. Amen. So, Nathan, I guess, is subject to overtime. That's why he's not joining us tonight. Yeah. And apparently his his work called him up and said, we need you to spend a few more hours a day sitting on your couch in your pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. It's just not right. It's just not right. It's just not right. Of course, then again, you did text me a picture today of you behind a drum kit while I was at work. Right. Uh, You know. It's my day off. (laughs) What can I say? You looked happy, though. I work the weekends. My weekends are Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Well, it blessed me that you were happy, so I'm glad you were happy. I was happy. I I just wanted to be with you. Well, yesterday was very frustrating. Um, Okay. My old kit, which was a lot cheaper, I hooked it up to my computer. We're talking about a drum kit for you people who may not know what's going on. It's an electronic drum kit. And um, I hooked it up to my computer so I can run it through a software that has better sounds, better drum sounds. And it, I had in five minutes, I had it rolling. And in this one, I couldn't figure out nothing. And then I figured out that I had a... You know what? No one wants. No one cares. No one cares. Let's just put it. Uh, let me button this up. With <laughs> <laughs> he about he wanted to go into the technical sewer of geekdom. Yeah, but most people don't like that. So for you non sewer geeky people, here's the quick answer. Here's the quick answer. <laughs> I got it working, 
and it's better. Whatever. No one cares. He's trying to take he's trying to take care of Nate's job while he's going. That's see, I, I saw what he was doing there. Right. So I mean this is, this is free this is to you, Nate. <laughs> So, okay, so Nathan's not here for the news. I'm going to share um, a little clip of um, something I heard today, and it's kind of interesting. So let's do kind of, kind of a news thing. Okay, so this is James Cadiz. He's a pastor at uh, Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill, and um, he's got a, a pretty good YouTube channel. I, I watch a lot of his stuff. Um, he keeps up with all the all the news that's going on out there. And so he had a video come out today, uh, an hour ago. Um, the Pope is going down a dark road is the title. And so I'm going to play it for you, folks. Here we go. I don't know if you've recently read Romans chapter one, but Romans chapter one talks about a group of people who allow their consciences to be seared. And one of the many things that the Apostle Paul does to describe individuals like this is mention a group of people that actually worship the creation rather than the creator. Seemed to me that Pope Francis would fit that description. Sorry to offend anybody, but this guy has absolutely lost his mind. He has intimated the fact that his policies are more leftist than anybody wants to even think. And now he is a person who, at the time of this filming Monday, warned the whole world that humanity is inflicting serious wounds. Those are his words. Serious wounds on the environment. And put his moral standing behind the upcoming United Nations Climate Conference. This is what has been referred to as COP26. And for those of you that don't know, this climate conference is the glue that holds together the foundation of where the future of globalism is going to go. The economy that we read about in Revelation chapter 13, almost said Romans, Revelation chapter 13 shows us very vividly of a man who is the final antichrist, who has no religious affiliation, no desire for God, whose heart is completely against God, but who enlists a spiritual leader who will convince everybody to accept the things that he say. Now, God will warn the whole world, don't do this. He'll send an angel telling everybody, don't don't accept the mark, yet people will gladly do it as they are being led by individuals like Pope Francis. I'm not saying that Pope Francis is going to be the false prophet because I don't think he has the sophistication or the type of intellect necessary to be able to formulate an argument that will win everybody over blindly. But what I am saying is that he has a lot of influence and his influence is going to be used to bring people in to the one world government and the one world uh, leader who will be known as as the final antichrist folks we need to keep our eyes open because what this man is leading people into is darkness he is teaching people to place a deep rooted emphasis upon the worship of creation rather than worship of the creator we know how the world is going to end we know what's going to happen according to the bible and so what we need to do is place more of our efforts and understanding on learning the bible that we not be taken away by people like this who basically say that the world is in complete trouble he actually says this this is really sad he says human beings are inflicting serious wounds on the environment those are his words he says the things that are happening that are evidence of that is climate change, decertification, pollution, and loss of bio 
diversity. Yes, loss of biodiversity. I wonder what he means when he uses terminology like that. Folks, we've got to wake up because what we are watching right now is evil. And it's evidence of the fact that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Be alert, be sober, and be watchful because our creator is coming back and it's time to focus on him rather than the creation. God bless you. Okay, interesting stuff. Pretty, pretty aggressive. Uh, he was definitely passionate. He's a very passionate man. Yes, he is. I enjoy watching him. Um, he has a lot, of, a lot of good insight. He knows the Bible very well and um jesus is definitely his lord and he's looking out for a lot of people um now i mentioned i don't know maybe four or five episodes ago about pope francis is uh but he's definitely put his application in <laughs> for the false prophet job but he's saying he he was saying that he don't think he is, actually is but i don't see why he couldn't be he's he's definitely got that role of uh spiritual leadership that the whole world kind of looks to him it is true, at least a sector of the population. Yeah, and um, not to mention that many kings and leaders pay homage and go and visit him and kiss his ring and all that stuff. So, yeah, I had the uh, when I was in uh, in the military back in the eighties. Uh, I'm pre I'm dating myself. Yes, I realize this, <laughs> uh, but in the eighties, I I had a chance to travel to Italy and I went to Rome and you know. You're there. You might as well see it. So I went to Vatican City and I had one of the friends that I was with was actually his family was Catholic. And uh, so he really wanted to get there. And, you know, it was a huge deal to him to go get a rosary and have it blessed by the Pope. And, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know what that means. I don't know how that's, you know, relevant. I don't know how that helps anybody. <laughs> His blessing on a rosary. I don't know what that, what the significance is, but, you know, hey, I went along with it. And we actually attended a service at uh, the Vatican. It was very interesting. But I will tell you, um, every since then, I have had, uh, I don't know, just this impression of just how the Catholic Church as a whole just seems to have a lot of distractions, more so mm. than other denominations. It's all distractions from Jesus, distractions from God the Father, distractions from the Holy Spirit, and distractions from ministry mm -hmm. for the average bear. It's all about, it seems to be about power. Um, they bring in all kinds of excess things that aren't biblical. Um, you know, for example, praying to the apostles, you know, or praying to the, you know, to the saints. Now, if you, if you think about this logically, think about praying to the saints, for example. This is just one silly example. If, if the Bible says that heaven is a place with no tears, right? There's no weeping in heaven. Well, if there's no weeping in heaven, then how could the apostles or the saints be watching the world? How could they hear? Because they would be weeping, right? They couldn't handle that. And so I, I believe that, you know, uh, and besides, there's nowhere in scripture that tells us to pray to Moses or Abraham or the apostles or disciples, you know, uh, the ev the elevation of Mary to this, you know, uh, status where you worship her, mm -hmm. um, just not very cool. And I just, uh, you know, I've never really been one to speak out against denominations, but I, I'll tell you, I know a lot of Catholic people 
and they are so dedicated that they will blindly go to church, and they, they don't even know why they believe what they believe. They just blindly go. Absolutely. Um, had a, a lady on our street. She came to uh, the ark, and she's you know uh, you know kind of a part of the service, and she kind of pulls me aside, and she says, you know, well, what about this, and what about this, what about this, and I, I, I said, okay, well, all these things that you're mentioning, none of those are biblical. That's what they all have in common, <laughs> but yet that's what she has been been force fed, and I I, I just really. I really believe that of, you know, there's a lot of denominations, there's a lot of religions, obviously, that are bringing people, that are, you know, pushing people away from Christ. But as far as a supposed Christian faith, I don't think there's a more distracting sect or denomination, I don't even want to call them that, than the Catholic Church. And if you're a Catholic, I really, really, really suggest you get into the Word of God and begin to challenge those things that you hear. Uh, Because the day and the hour is getting close, and we don't have time to mess around and be distracted. I would even mention as far as to go and even consider that based off of the things that are edified in their worship, in their religion, in their faith, Mm -hmm. I would dare even to say that Christians, that they're not among Christians, those who are of Catholic faith. I, I was being very kind in just, my words, yeah. <laughs> but you're probably more right than I was. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not here to make any friends on this podcast. I'm just a guest, but in the same right. tense, it's, you know, I was actually looking into Catholicism at one point because that was okay. a really heavy emphasis when I grew up in Reynoldsburg. There was okay. St. Pius Church. Oh, yeah. We had a couple other different things in the area. And so it mm-hmm. was always kind of a curiosity. But, uh, you know, I was drawn to other ch- other churches, thankfully. But one thing that became kind of a common theme during those time frames was that the churches that I was attending, the population of them and the new believers that they had in was more often than not people who were fleeing from an upbringing in a Catholic church. And I just found that astounding. I'm like, where's the fire that everybody is fleeing from? Mm-hmm. And right. that just kind of became something that kind of stuck out to me and kind of followed my faith for a bit. And so I um, did my own research on it to try and, you know, maybe it's not as bad as some of these people that I've met might have led me to believe. Right. And, you know, I'm looking on the internet and I see this chapter out in Chicago. This chapter they have right dead center in front of everybody. There's uh, kind of like a replication of some of the saints as well as the Ark of the Covenant. And it's just the center stage of everything. And that might not mean everything, but at every church that I've ever gone to, you know, it's either not a placement or, you know, Jesus is the center stage. Right. And I feel like that's a particular, infa- it's an emphasis that says a lot about what they have faith in. But if you look at this, you know, it's very clear that Mary at this Ark, and this is in, uh, it's called uh, Our Lady of the Sign, the Ark of Mercy at St. Stanislaus in Chicago. I would encourage everybody to go look it up for themselves just so uh, you can see kind of like opulent this thing is. It's gilded. It's gorgeous. It has all the trappings of what you would expect in a Catholic church. That being said, though, uh, it's re- in its representation, Jesus is kind of an afterthought. Right. Uh, right. It's It really is just, I mean, even if you, you know, even if you look, overlook some of these individual churches and all that, overall, their doctrine is just not biblical. That's really the bottom line. And so, you know, are there Christian, are there Catholics who are Christian? Yeah, I think there are probably some Christians that are, you know, among the Catholics, but I think that overall that number's pretty low. And so if you are, you know, if you are a follower of Catholicism and I see it, it hurts me because I, I go down the road every day and I see, you know, Catholic radio, AM, whatever it is, 830 or something, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm just, and I think, man, there's just so many people who are following this and they're, they're, they're being led like, you know, sheep to the slaughter. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so my heart goes out to these people. They need to know the truth. They need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ versus, you know, have all this religion. That religion might feel good. It might make us feel like everything's okay, but it, it's going to break down. It's 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 why God spent, what, 6,000 years to prove to us that religion wasn't the way, that mm-hmm. we weren't good enough on our own, mm-hmm. that we didn't have what it took to be what we need to be. And so, therefore, the only thing that's going to save us is the grace and the the, the, the gift, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And if we, if we divert our attention anywhere but him, we are totally blowing it. Right. I mean, what does Hebrews say? It says, strip off everything, everything that would keep you from running this race that God has put before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes, what? On Christ. Christ. Not on Mary, not on the, you know, not on the saints, but on Jesus Christ. So anything that deters from that, not cool. Right. Anywho. Anywho. uh, So... Kind of got derailed there. <laughs> <laughs> was that my fault? The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the intent wasn't to um, talk about Catholics by playing that, but uh, everything you said was absolutely true and needed to be said. But um, So the Pope is scheduled to meet with the leaders of the UN and other worldly leaders in November. And he's going to um, bring forth a uh, project he has put together. It's a seven-year covenant. Um, basically to make the world a better place, uh, greener, safer. Um, and in order to do that, he's bringing along a one world religion and a one world government and everything that they at revelation 13 talks about. Um, I could see why you have cause for concern. Yeah. So, okay. It's also, it was mentioned a, uh, it will bring peace. Now they talked about the peace treaty and on all these things. So the way it seems, now I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that it can't be a coincidence that all these signs of the end are happening. Mm-hmm. All these things that Revelation talks about, we are seeing come to provision, provision, provision. Anyway, happening, <laughs> coming. <laughs> Where's Nathan when I need him? Anyway. Um, Fruition? Fru- that's it. Fruition. Fruition. Oh, he was going with the peas. I didn't. I've never used that word before. I wanted to try it. Coming into fruition. There you fruition. go. Fruition. Okay. Fruition. Good job, Robert. Okay. Um, and then, and then he has a seven-year covenant. That's a little bit. It's scary. a little bit. It's a little bit coincidental. See, um, if I was a, if I was in leadership right now, I wouldn't be doing anything for seven years, signing any kind of covenant for seven. Because right. I'd be afraid, unless of course you are the one. Right. <laughs> right. Then you probably. So to me, it's a big red flag. Do you yeah. think it's potentially I, just that he's? during the pot intentionally. I've, I've seen a lot of past people try to act out in prophecy. Well, I think the moral of the story is here is, you know, what I think what Jason, what you're saying is that, you know, we really, and that, and that's really what the, the pastor said. Uh, his name eludes me now. What's James. Yes. He's, you know, he's basically saying, you know, times are getting, time's getting short. These things are going to come into play and we better be paying attention to everything that's going on. Absolutely. That's really important. Now, it doesn't mean we become obsessed with it. It doesn't become... We certainly, if we are Christ followers, we don't have to be fearful of it. Absolutely not. But at the same time, to make wise choices, we have to be aware. And so we don't want to walk around with our head in the sand. Of course, I don't know if you can't walk with your head in the sand. And honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, regardless if, if it is the times, which I believe it is. And if you look on, I mean, every pastor that has... 
not every one of them. A lot of them. There's a lot of pastors out there that are talking about this these times like never before. It's 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 a real thing. It's definitely my spirit is talking to me about it. He's put it in my heart. He's put it in a lot of people's hearts, and we should be watchful. Having said that. If it's not, it doesn't change the fact that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and build that relationship with him. Absolutely. Whether we're going in a few months or or 100 years from now, start that relationship today. Not just for your safety of the tribulation or to make sure you go to heaven, but because he is good. He is here for you. He will pull you through the hard times. He will help you get organized. He will help you love better. Everything, everything that's good comes from Jesus. Absolutely. Well said, well said. And if you are already a Christ follower and you already know these things, then, you know, let these, these potential signs of the times put a little fire under your hiney to get out there and begin to do the things. Now, you know, again, we're, we're not getting any younger, so we ought to have a fire under our hineys anyway. But if it's getting close and we don't even get to, you know, finish the rest of our natural lives, then obviously we better get to doing whatever we're going to do. So yeah, get out there and do it people. Yeah. If Jesus isn't coming back in the next 20 years, that doesn't guarantee that you have 20 years. That is correct. Or the people that you are potentially making disciples of are going to last 20 years. Right. Absolutely. But I'm actually, every time I wake up, I'm surprised I'm still on earth. (laughs) (laughs) So I could just see him every morning waking up. You you ever seen the movie free guy? Uh, Every morning he wakes up, he's in a video game and he's like, yay, another day. I can just see Jason waking up. Oh, another day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, maybe tomorrow, Jesus. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, I open my eyes, I look out the window, I'm like, oh, okay. Still here. <laughs> Starting to look more like Groundhog Day. Right. So, so what's next, Sir Jason? It's time to play a game. Let's spin this wheel. You literally, that that's my voice, isn't it? Yeah. You literally used that. I remember doing that once and he like made it all fantastical and epic. <laughs> that's what I do. He brought my dream into fruition. <laughs> 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 See what you did there. Would you rather? Oh, uh, would you rather? Well, I guess I would rather. Would you rather? Would you rather? All right. So let's see. I guess we got some questions well, for I, today. I have a would you rather theme song. Do you? Would you rather? That's great. I honestly think that uh, we <laughs> took that couple of week break of recording, and I think I, I've forgotten what this is all about. Oh. So, yeah. Wow, this is cool. All right. So, a couple of would you rather questions today. These are a little strange. The more, you know, the more we do, the more I got to dig for mm-hmm. these questions. So, uh, so these are going to make you think, hopefully. So, uh, we're going to start off. Would you, this is the easiest one. Would you rather witness the animals being drawn into the ark? So, you get to see which animals go, which animals don't go, which insects God says forget. Um, <laughs> you can see what size they were and how, you know, kind of got them all in that arc because that's pretty cool um would you rather see all that and of course how he coaxed them did they just you know did they have to be corralled at all they just wander in like we see in the movies like the evan almighty um would you rather watch all that or would you rather watch god inscribe the ten commandments on the two stone tablets i'm gonna have to go with the ark on this one 
that I have a background in logistics. So these things, these keep me up at night, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, you, how do you keep them from eating each other? You just, you got the whole, you know, food chain going here yeah. in the same spot. And yeah. I just can't imagine not only the fact that they're being brought to the ark and they're being put on the ark, but they're kept at odds from, you know, making good on one another. So, well, I think they had their own pins, right? They held, they, they had their own quarters. Uh, you know, I don't really, I mean, I'm pretty sure that. the alligators weren't just walking around. Uh, well, I'm guessing alligators probably just wandered off. Uh, they probably just swam around. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not particularly concerned about the aquatic life. Right. <laughs> they're well, they're, you know, things. yeah, they have to, but they can't stay the in lions, forever. The lions and the lambs obviously were not sharing space. Yeah. Right. In the same pen. So yeah, I'm guessing but they will be some pens. Mm. They will be. That's why I use that. <laughs> but, uh, during uh, the days of the ark, probably not so much. Let's see. I think I'll go with. Um, I think I'll go with the ark as well. Yeah, that'd that be kind of neat to see them all. That is kind of cool. Now, see, I was thinking as I was thinking, you know, kind of opposites. You know, that's more docile, more you know, logistical. Oh, speaking of logistics, since you're a logistics expert, I was kind of wondering this. Maybe you can just kind of solve this issue for me. At the end of the day, when the bus driver gets off the bus, who closes the door? There's a switch on the outside. <laughs> is that true? True story. Okay. Yeah, it's like well, a there little pull switch. I've always wondered. I always wondered about that. So, I, you know, I've right. wondered that myself. And so he followed a bus driver. Catherine and I. <laughs> <laughs> and after he got out of jail for stalking. <laughs> So oh. He's casing this guy for two days. <laughs> right. He's exactly. a really good bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's never left. Um, we've been watching a lot of these um, bus builds, people living in buses and turning them into apartments ah, and so whatever. that's how you know. And I, I saw yeah, them I activate it. I'm like, oh, okay. Interesting. I just thought see, they left just, the door open. I it, just thought that door was open. And if it rained, it just kind of, you know, yeah. all rained in. And Well, <laughs> that and, I mean, Of course, I'm joking. And, but <laughs> things making nests in a yeah. raccoons tearing the seats up. Yeah, yeah. It, no, that'd be terrible on your way to school. A raccoon pops up. <laughs> Starts chewing on your leg. <laughs> What's wrong, Timmy? <laughs> These are the questions that rolled around my brain, you know, just just constantly. Anyway, so uh, yeah, and I thought with the, the the tablets, you know, just seeing God etch stone would be kind of cool, you know. Mm. And he was kind of all in his blazing glory because he was kind of he was showing himself just to kind of show his power to the Israelites mm -hmm. and they were like, Oh man, that's, that's hectic. You know, honestly, I would probably go with God inscribing if it was like in the book of Daniel where he was writing the inscription on the wall just to see the looks on the people's faces. Oh, right. So, right. <laughs> what right. is that? Yeah. But, uh, but ultimately I'm going to have to go with you guys. I would probably want to see the animal thing. Cause mm -hmm. I'd like to just see how all that worked out Yeah, and you know, just solve that mystery. I mean, we do have actually now a couple of replicas in the world of the ark that are two, the right dimensions, which gives you, I've never actually gotten to go see one. Uh, what there's one overseas and mm -hmm. there's one, there's actually in, uh, in, one down in Cincinnati, I believe. Right. Somewhere around that area. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I saw I it. I think it's TV. called the creation museum or something like that. Right. The first one was like in Sweden or Norway or someplace mm -hmm. over there. I can't even remember, but, um, it was, I, I saw pictures of that. I'm thinking, wow. Right. It kind of gave it perspective. Well, like, oh, I could see him getting some animals on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I saw a study on it and this guy was comparing it to things that we are familiar with, like the length of football fields and the, and the height of buildings right. and all that. Right. And it kind of blew me away how big it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It'd be hard to build. It's like a little city. Yeah. And they found, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard they found the ark 
on top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Well, Ararat, right. They found parts that certainly could be. Yeah, which yeah. goes to show you how deep the flood was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's going to hit the high, you know, well, it could hit anywhere, but yeah. Right. Well, it's fascinating because they actually find, like, aquatic fossils on mountaintops in some places. Mm. Yeah, there you Where go. sea level hasn't been that high in centuries. Right. Or ever. Well, right. They, uh, they hypothesize, actually, there's several scientists, Christian scientists, who hypothesize that things that we give we give other explanations to like for example the grand canyon they say oh you know the sometime to say well it was probably an asteroid um, many because of the way it cuts through because of the way it was carved out they believe that it was all a result of the flood makes sense and you know yeah it makes sense so all right well let's go on to question number two would you rather be the judge over i think i did i don't think i did this correct me you know Sorry. Yes. It makes me wonder if a lot of the car, you have a bus door question now? No, (laughs) I can imagine that a lot of our landscape mountains, hills, whatever is a result from the flood. Oh yeah. And the set of this, the, the rock as it's, you know, over time, you have these different layers. Well, that would actually happen in a flood situation because heavy particles are going to, we're going to, you know, they're going to dive or not dive. What am I looking for? Sink, settle. Settle. That's the word. Sink, settle at a faster pace. And they're going to be together. Other things that are a little less heavy, you're going to settle on top of that. And you're going to have very rapid buildup in a very small amount of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, scientists can't always explain how that's the case. Well, it makes sense if there was a flood that would cause that mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot of yeah well we could go there all day but let's right. let's Moving move on. on and i it, tell me if we've used this before i i felt like we probably haven't but now well, here it goes would you rather be a judge over the entire group of israelites in the desert which was moses task right mm-hmm. until of course his uh father-in-law gave him a better plan and he broke them all down into groups so he had to basically you know this entire group he had to be the judge or would you rather be the one to have to initiate the gentile church going out like paul did to start that church Mm. two really big jobs if you think Mm. about it huge one is that you know oh goodness now i've got to take this whole brand new group of you know well it's not a brand new group but all the this new nation that's been brought out of egypt and i've got to try to solve all their problems and keep them alive and keep them from killing each other or i've got to go out to a nation who doesn't really believe in the hebrew god and tell them about jesus i'm taking moses job okay because Explain that's why. that's my wheelhouse yeah. is mm-hmm. organizing groups of people to do things and solve problems from a problem solver. Problem solver. Mm. Okay, good enough. On the off chance that God's going to hold me to this answer, I'm going to go with the nomadic approach. Just because even though you know these, we know of history of what these gentlemen had to go through for their timely and untimely fates. Right. Um, there's obviously an ultimate price that a lot of them paid, but you know, just to be out striking out into the world and forming a new church and just mm-hmm. seeing the changes in the lives that Jesus would bring into their hearts. Also keep in mind, these believers are going out with gifts into the world, mm-hmm. doing miraculous things in people's sight that they've never seen before. And it's just mind blowing how much faith and how much power you can have to change the lives of people and bring them all to Christ. I would just have to say, I'm, I'm definitely in that wheelhouse. Right. Yeah. So you're going to be Paul. So uh, definitely, as I think about these two, I guess I would have to say as much as I like, I, you know, both have their appeal, you know, 
know, I like helping people. I like, you know, I've got a background in counseling. I love to counsel. I do marriage counseling and bring people together. So that would all be cool. But as much as it would be scary, um, yeah, I, I just can't imagine a better feeling than to, you know, begin to take the baton directly from Christ and take it out of the Jewish nation. But it would be scary as I'll get out. I mean, that would yeah. be the scary. That's a, like one of the most scary things I can imagine just to be like the guy to go out and do all this. But again, he wasn't the guy. He was the guy, but he was backed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, God, of course, brought a lot of people together and gave them gifts and all that. So he wasn't alone. Yeah. Um, a part of my answer actually also comes from the fact that I'm considering the position of Moses in this. And I'm just like, well, that's, that's it for you. Like if that's the continuation of it, you know, I imagine if you guys have ever seen the movie, the emperor's new groove, um, it's just the emperor sitting there up on his big chair. Right. And then he's just got this like line <laughs> all the way down the mountain and you just, that's your day in and day out. You're just next, next. <laughs> Very, yeah. That's actually pretty, uh, pretty good analogy there. All right. So, uh, one more for one the road. More. Let's see. <clears throat> Would you, let's see. Which one do I want to do? Would you rather see the angels singing and praising God before the shepherds right after Jesus' birth? So you get to see a heavenly light show. Angels singing, praising God in the sky. Or would you rather see Ezekiel's vision of God's amazing glory? So one is a vision, one is not, one is of God, one is of angels. So eh, there's trade-offs there. Yeah. Mm. So it's like a heavenly trans-Siberian orchestra versus God. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But see now, the, the trade-off with Ezekiel's is that uh, he may or may not have completely understood what he saw. True. Yeah. It could have just been presented to him in a way where his human mind could just comprehend the infinity of God. Right. He might've spent like the next three weeks, you know, trying to cool off his blown tubes (laughs) from such an experience. (laughs) Well, all right. Don't everybody go first. I think, I think I'll do the angels because it's not a vision. It's reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it would be pretty amazing. But well, you know, you got to admit both would be pretty amazing. So, right. I mean, a vision from God or a light show from God. It's all good. I shouldn't say light show. I'm going to go with the vision, you know, and there's all kinds of moments in the Bible where people had just, but a skirting glance at the glory of God. And it was more than they could ever handle. Right. And I'm just like, you know what? I, I could totally do that. Just, I don't even care if it consumed my entire being just to look at God once. Mm. Yeah. And burn your eyebrows off. Just ask Moses. <laughs> <laughs> he would come back from his tent glowing white. You know, that's pretty hectic, right? Yeah. There. Um, yeah, that's a toughie, boy. I would like to see both. Yeah, I mean, there's no wrong answer. Um, like yeah, play. there is no, there's really no wrong answer there. I think they would be so, I mean, to see angels praising God would be awesome. But because I've read this whole thing and I, I can't picture it and artists have tried to capture it and can't even get close, just out of curiosity even. But also, of course, obviously to see the glory of God, I would like to see what he saw. Just, you know, it'd probably be mind blowing and I'd probably sit for, you know, years trying to figure it all out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I'd like, I'd, I'd take that one right on. I'll be right there with you with a straight jacket. Just <laughs> exactly. We, we can't handle ourselves anymore. Uh, you can't handle the truth. Okay. So, um, we are going to take a gospel music break and then we'll come back with a topic. Uh, Christian music. What is, how did I title this? Christian music and its importance in ministry, spirituality, and worship. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord. All right. So yeah, we're going to get used to that. That um, <laughs> Lisa's not your theme anymore. And I, and I appreciate that. Sure. I really, <laughs> of course now I just feel themeless, you know, which is not cool. Yeah. Well, I'm working on something. Maybe someday. Anywho, uh, Christian music is very important to us as musicians, as Christian music musicians, as yes. worship, worship team people. Oh yeah. Um, so personally, I, I obviously, I mean, we've talked about this before. I never listened to Christian music until I joined the worship team and um, was in a Christian for very long before I joined the worship team. So you didn't have a chance to sample. Yeah. It's all very new to Clean me. Blindside. And I have consumed quite a bit of it in the past year. And uh, it's pretty incredible. And I think... I've always been somebody that when I listen to music, I just listen to everything just as a whole. And the words really didn't come into play whatsoever. The The lyrics were mm-hmm. basically an instrument. And as long as they sounded good and carried a note and went with the music as it should, mm-hmm. I was okay with them. Having said that, I sing along with a lot of songs. I have no idea how I learned the words. I guess it's repetition. But <laughs> well, um, when you hear something for 30 years, it kind of rubs it, off on yeah, you after a while. Exactly. Um, but with Christian music, there's two things that I'm looking for instead of one whole. One, the music has to be good, has to jive. Mm. But more importantly, the lyrics have to speak to me and have to be true to the word. And that can be very dangerous if it's not. Yeah. Because misleading. you listen to a song a lot enough, you're going to start believing in what they're saying. And if they're not saying the right things that leads you in the right way, it could, it could really mess you up a little bit. I mean, I remember back in the day, way back, uh, there were certain bands I would listen to that would change the way I felt. Mm-hmm. They would change the way I thought about things yep. because of the lyrics. And, um, I found myself going down very dark paths, listening to certain bands. And I hate to say that because I've always been like, music doesn't influence people and they (laughs) they didn't kill themselves because of that song by Ozzy Osbourne. And they probably didn't, but music definitely has influence on people, whether you like it or not. Right. It's more subtle than sometimes we think, but it's still powerful. Right. Right. And and it may not be right away. It may not be something like I heard this song and I robbed a bank. (laughs) <laughs> but it's something that builds over time and over time and over time. And it, it yes. just keeps eating at you and eating at you. And the next thing you know, you have a different personality. It just kind of instills this wanderlust in you. Yeah. Two qualities I like about music. One is that I always find that people are drawn to music as a reflection of the current state of their soul. I always find that's a very interesting thing for me, especially when I'm in worship music myself. Personally, I like instrumental music. I just need something that changes the tone of how I'm praying to God. Sometimes it's soft and subtle. Sometimes it's on the highs and it's just, you're up there. Um, But another thing is kind of like what you said, I find that sometimes things can kind of lead you away too. It's like you're in proud, you're in progress or in route to something new. And sometimes things can kind of take you off the beaten path and some things can lead you to more deep appreciation for things. There's, you know, I didn't used to like Christian music at all. Uh, My heart was completely hardened against it. I'd turn it on and, you know, I, I just couldn't tolerate it for one reason or another. But then as I started walking out my salvation, I started realizing that this music was getting closer and closer to my heart. And I'm like, well, the music didn't change. It's always been there. Mm -hmm. So it was me that changed. Right. Right. Yeah. Music doesn't just lead us places, but it can actually feed something that we already want to be fed. Um, You know, we get in a wild, rebellious mood. We listen to wild, rebellious, rebellious music and it, Mm -hmm. it puts us in that mood. It, 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 
it kind of feeds us. If you're depressed, I mean, when people are depressed, they listen to sometimes depressing music because it resonates yes. well with them. And guess what? They get even more depressed. It mm-hmm. doesn't typically bring you out. I've never never heard a person who listens to depressing music and goes away thinking, man, I feel so much better. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know, I think we got to stop and ask ourselves, why? Why is music mentioned so much in God's Word? Why does He draw attention to it at all? Why does He tell us to use virtually? And I you know, obviously this is highly paraphrased. He basically says, you know, use the lyre and the trumpet and the horn and the drum and the cymbal and the gong and the, you know, and they list all of these various instruments that most of which half of which we don't really use much anymore. But basically what he's saying in the paraphrase is use every instrument you have access to. And I think today, if the Bible was written today, he would say electric guitars, drums, keyboards, you know, bongos, cajones, you know, whatever, use it and use it to praise the Lord. You know, and you got to ask yourself, why? Why would God want to, why wouldn't he want us to just worship him? Why would he want us to be distracted by instruments? Mm. And, And I think the answer to that is simply because music helps us to get in touch with our, you know, inner self, with our emotions. It's, it touches our very soul. It's a direct point of expression. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. It's, it's very artistic. It, it helps us to connect. And so, you know, over the course of, you know, my life, I, I became a Christian really early on and music was a huge source of conflict actually for me. Mm. Um, and the reason being is because I was, uh, you know, as a young guy, I was introduced to uh, secular rock music and I thought, wow, this stuff is the coolest stuff since right. sliced bread. And of course, my uh, pastor at the time, I went to a very small country Baptist church and, uh, you know, he said, well, all music except for country music is evil. Wow! Now, I don't know where, you know, there, that is certainly not mentioned biblically. I don't know where he pulled from, um, the pastor (laughs) that the, the, the pastor that actually has not predecessor, his successor, uh, in the church, he actually went as far as to, we had a group that used to come visit our church every year, the Crusaders Quartet. They were from Columbus. I remember that. And they were, you know, all same color suits, you know, uh, Southern gospel, you know, daddy sang bass, mama sang tenor, even the brother, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, I'm not, it was, it was all right, you know, for people who like that kind of stuff. Uh, but they, every year would come to our church and they brought a keyboard player, they brought a guitar player, a bass player and a drummer, and he would not allow the drummer to come into the church. And I, I'm like, why? He said, because drums were used to worship Satan in Africa, and therefore drums are innately evil, and we cannot have them in the church. And there was a real, I mean, it just... That's hard to argue with facts like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I and then I kept wanting to say, you know, well, now at the time, I I didn't think this, but later on, I'm thinking, wait a minute, Satan has his own Bible right now. Do we give up ours, you know, because he's using a Bible? You know, that's kind of sad logic there, but at any rate... um, But it begs the point. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can have so many examples for that like well they talked to the words of the devil does that mean talking is evil right. singing guitars it's all all bad don't use anything you know, we just sit you know satan also exists therefore existence is evil right exactly yeah. you could take that to I mean, the degree but at any rate going back to my inner conflict basically i was taught that all this music was wrong and so I, you know, it was a big step of faith. I know God honored it and I know that he blessed me for it, but I I don't know that it was quite an accurate thing, but 
I got rid of all of my music. I took all of my mm. albums. The hardest thing I ever did because I spent most of my childhood, you know, uh, most of my work hours. If it wasn't buying gas to go out on a date, it was, you know, and put in my car, it was to buy records. Yes, records, LPs, people, and cassette tapes. I know y'all don't know what those are. Go look it up on Google and in or in the History Channel. You'll be able to see that stuff. But I, I, I threw all of it in a dumpster. Wow. And Devastating. I, I went out there dumpster. and I bought two cassette tapes. The only two I could find at the Military PX, BJ Thomas, Amazing Grace, and Bill Gaither Trio, Bless the Lord Who Reigns in Glory. Neither of which were really my cup of tea in music. But, you know, I listened to those and they were the only thing I had. And you know what? They honored God and I enjoyed them. It was, it, it, it changed my whole life. I realized it, you know, I, it's about, it's about the focus of the music more than the music. Cause I used to be like you, Jason. I, in fact, I purposely, because, because I knew that secular rock probably wasn't good, even though I liked rock music, I used to like picture, I would picture the words being something else in my mind. So when they sang, I would be singing, I was, I was picturing that they were singing about God. So I kind of like played this little mind game with myself. <laughs> and so I really totally tried to blow off the lyrics, but then all of a sudden I'm introduced to this music that I don't even care for the music at all. I mean, I couldn't give two hoots about that, about that style of music. And it was two slightly different kinds. One was more country gospely kind of, the other one was more poppy gospely, whatever. Um, and I learned to appreciate it because it was focused on Christ. Now, uh, that changed my whole life. But then, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> a good friend of mine that I met in a permanent party when I got to Germany, he, he wanted to be a pastor when he got out of the military, as did I. And he introduced me to Christian rock and roll, and my life has never been the same. <laughs> it was great. But I, I say all that to say this, um, you know, what I found over time is that all, all types and forms of music, I mean, literally all types of music can be used to worship God, literally. I don't believe there's a type of music, even the screamo stuff. I've actually went, I've seen uh, for today. I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, for today. They are, a, you know, kind yeah. of band. And though you can't understand a single, a single word, word, they say, that's right. So the concert, you know, the music doesn't really do much for you other than you can like, you know, bob your head and rock and, you know, maybe join in on the mosh pit. Spiral in the middle of the crowd. But let me tell you something. It attracts people. And those people, those those members of that band were ministering and preaching, and it was one of the most powerful concerts I had been to in a very long time. The, he, the, the lead singer refused to just play. It was like, okay, we played your song, now you're going to listen to me. <laughs> and he was Great. preaching. And I'll tell you, I felt literally that music, even though I didn't totally get what they were saying because of the, but I felt it literally drawing people to Jesus. It was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. So I really believe that, you know, everybody's different. And some of you out there, like, you know, you would never, you know, if a screamo band, it would just completely destroy your nerves and it would, you know, you would think of Satan more than you would of Jesus. Uh, others, you know, you like country. And, you know, for me, that's like somebody taking their nails on a chalkboard, you know, but it, the fact is, is that all music is simply a way to connect with our emotions. And it all is about whether is this stuff, is it Christ centered or not? Right. And if it is, you know, and I'll tell you over the years, there's been a lot of Christian music that has just had a, a huge impact on my life. Um, I went through, you know, 
Petra was a band, a Christian rock band that just uh, spoke to me, taught me a lot about God's word. Um, a group called Whiteheart, you know, put me in, uh, you know, in uh, just places where I hadn't been before spiritually. And those groups were really used to, to lead me to where I am today. Um, and they, you know, there, there's, you know, different kinds of Christian music. There's Christian music that, that teaches. And then there's of course, worship music that helps us to express worship for God. Mm -hmm. And certainly they, they're two different purposes, but I think they both have a spot Amen. because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of music out there. It's not really worship music. Uh, the white hearts, you know, the, whatever the, even the skillets of the world they have, you know, they'll have some worship in there, but it's really teaching people. It's encouraging people. It's leading them to the word. It's leading people who otherwise may never even give Jesus a second thought. All of a sudden, hear these guys and say, wow, these guys are kind of cool. Their music's kind of right up my alley, and man, they're talking about Jesus there. And then mm-hmm. they earn the right to be heard. So they're not only ministering to people that are already Christians, but also reaching out to those who aren't, which is awful cool. Yeah. Yeah. Music's powerful. Um, and that's exactly why God wanted us to use it, because it hits people deep. I mean, there's songs that I've heard. If I hear a certain song today, it brings me right back to many, many years ago in a memory. Right. And the same goes with when you're listening to Christian music, but it's a different thing. It's, it's, I listened to that song when I was saved 20 years ago or I mean anything, but it's going to bring you, it, it, it brings that deep memory back. Right. And, uh, sometimes when people are maybe teetering off the, the walk and a certain song plays, it could bring them back. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I think it's kind of funny. Petra actually did an entire tour. They went back on the road uh, with the original lead singer. Uh, they ended up getting together uh, over the phone and said, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of uh, prodigals out there who got excited, you know, back in the 80s, 90s when we were touring. And now they're kind of walking away and we need to go out there and try to bring them back. And their music, they went out and actually recorded some of these old songs and they did uh, fresh recordings of them and did a whole tour, went around the United States. And uh, it was apparently amazing just re-triggering all of this that people had in their heart for Jesus and bringing some people back. Mm -hmm. You know, not not that maybe maybe they didn't totally know Jesus, but they were open to, to Jesus. And now all of a sudden it triggered that and now they're really chasing them. Yeah. Or people that have kind of lost their, you know, lost their first love, as Jesus talked about. All of a sudden, now they're chasing their first love again. So, yeah, definitely so. Right. God uses music to bless all the time, especially in my life. It's foundational how just a simple moment where not even just the music that's being played, but the time in which it's being played. Mm. You can see the intimacy of God and how he speaks into your life using those tools. Yeah. Now, you said you listen to mostly instrumental, mm. but not I mean, exclusively, right? No, it's just more or less a preference in that. Uh, big fan of William Augusto. He has a lot of really good stuff that I like to adhere to. Um, it's just like background. You know, I I hear people who talking at work all day and you know, just once in a while, it's nice to put everything else out, put away the distractions. And, you know, the music just kind of guides my attention upward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I downloaded some, um, not downloaded, made a playlist on my Spotify uh, it was acoustic Christian music. It's something a little softer. Uh, it was nice. It's nice. Um, and I suppose instrumentals, if you, it'd be nice to play some nice stuff like that, especially if you're like, 
I mean, I've prayed to music like that, you know, just a, just some kind of soft, soothing instrumental in the mm-hmm. background while I pray to God. And it kind of brings you, it is kind of like... It like harnesses your awareness. Exactly. Yeah. When I hear it, it's kind of interesting that you should say that because I was just, uh, I, I just uh, looked this scripture up um, and we've all heard this before. This is Ephesians 5, uh, starting in verse 18. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, mm. but instead be filled with the spirit. Now, then it goes on immediately to say, you know, when you're filled with the spirit, this kind of stuff is going to go along with it. So he says, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music Mm. from your heart to the lord so it's not just singing it's not just words it's also making music because uh it it produces joy and comfort in Mm -hmm. us that's actually something that i had been meaning to ask you guys about more expanding on you know you said you'd had an early start in your faith. And for you, it's been a rather recent thing mm-hmm. um, for the expression of music in your careers as musicians. When you became saved, was there a new form of expression that came about that was uh, based around your worship? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm just curious about. Okay. So I've always listened to a lot of different bands, um, anywhere from late 60s classic rock to blues, a little bit of jazz. Um, of course, I grew up my teenage years in the in the 80s and the 90s, and I listened to all the grunge stuff and Metallica and Megadeth mm-hmm. and all those guys. I also dove into some very, very extremely heavy stuff like Cannibal Corpse and Napalm Death and all these... Slayer. <laughs> and Slayer, yeah. I mean, I've been to probably seven Slayer concerts. Um, oh, my. And then... There's some crazy things about Slayer fans. <laughs> pretty, yeah, they're... <laughs> And they're all pretty dedicated. Um, And so I've always had a wide spectrum, but I always lean towards the really heavy, dark stuff. And when I got saved, I kind of pushed that side, all that to the side. And um, I really couldn't listen to it anymore because I just, I just wanted so much to please the Lord. And I didn't feel that those type of, that type of music and the lyrics they would use did that. Mm -hmm. So, and then I started listening to Christian music when I came to the ark and, um, and even though, and I love it, right? Absolutely. Um, but even though there's Christian metal, which is what I should be listening to, that's kind of my background. Logically, right. right. Logically, right. I tend not to. Sometimes yeah. I'll play some just to get a little, uh, and but I tend to steer back towards stuff like David Crowder and Jesus Culture and, and see stuff what, like that. See, and I think, I don't even know if you are aware of this, but what, you're, what I think you're saying, and I think I've seen this in your life, is that you're, you tend to move towards worship music specifically. Yeah. Uh, which is, a to, you know, there's, like I said, there's Christian music that is uh, just to edify the church. There's uh, to teach, to teach the word of God. There's outreach uh, mm-hmm. music that is, that's really structured for outreach. Um, I had a, in fact, I had an, an opportunity uh, 15 uh, million years ago. I don't even remember, but I actually <laughs> wrote a lot of songs and we actually, as a worship team, we recorded them. And it was a, it was a, a CD that was meant just for outreach. It had a couple of worship songs on it, but for the most part, it was just to get people thinking about where they were in life. And that was the whole purpose of the CD. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of different purposes that, that God can use music for. Um, 
because there's no better to reach somebody, you know, and I learned this at a biogenesis concert. I actually went to Whiskey Pete's. I never thought I would find myself being a Christian from the early, you know, early in life. Never thought I'd go to a place called Whiskey Pete's to see a band. And not only that, I went to see another growly band. It was the first one I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine just absolutely, he had become a Christian. He just absolutely needed me to go with him because I was a pastor of a church at the time. And I said, okay, I'll go. I was the only guy in a polo shirt and jeans. Everybody had leather and chains and whatever. <laughs> and here's this band coming in there. And I'm like, I don't have a clue what's going on here. But what I you noticed know, is that after the concert, all of these like metal guys, you know, all these bikers, all of these people that have been in there drinking, whatever, they're getting to know the band and the band. And they're like, you're a Christian band? What's what, what? And they start ministering to people and sharing Christ with people. It was like the music was just a tool. Yeah. That would just set in the stage and giving them the right to be heard. Yeah. But their real ministry was talking to the people after the concert. It's so, brilliant, really. It yeah. really is. Because a lot of people that go to that type of music are not following Jesus. Right. You know? exactly. It's not even on their radar. They're just going because of the entertainment value. Right. And uh, so they, you know, so I think there's outreach music, there's edifying music, there's m- music that teaches, but I think specifically I've seen you gravitate towards worship music, which is all about, you know, edifying that relationship with God, being able to sing, you know, about his glory, being mm-hmm. able to um, sing about how good and what he means to us. And, uh, Yep. That, that's, you know, in all honesty, that is the most powerful form of music. Absolutely. Right. And that, yeah, you're right. that really speaks to me as well. And that it's, it's like, I've come from a similar background of music as you, you know, I would go to the Al Rosa Villa and I'd go see three inches of blood mm-hmm. Canadian band. They're actually really three nice inches. Yeah. Of blood. That's it, a band. They're actually okay. pretty good. I, they're really good. <laughs> I, I actually have never heard of them. <laughs> it's a, it was a really great concert. It was small. Um, had a great time, got to meet them. Um, but I also listened to like in flames, you know, you're just like more aggressive, um, type of metal. And then I thought that would be like the thing, like you said, that would make sense when I came into music for Christianity. I'm like, Oh, it's here too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was the same thing that happened to you happened to me. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I am just developing a preference for this music. And it's not out of, uh, I'm not being coerced to do this or asked to give this up. It's not called of anything. It's just like, I naturally gravitate towards whatever, you know, just edifies my relationship with God. There's just, no matter what music did for me before that, there's nothing quite like what this music does to my soul in mm-hmm. this place and time. Yeah. And that's just really cool to see that people's pre- their preferences just get completely subverted by this relationship as they grow closer to God. Right. I, I want to, I'm going to throw this in here and it's going to probably throw a left hook at a lot of people and you guys might be freaked out, but I just feel like God said, share it. So I'm sharing it. Um, I really believe there's a spiritual component to these things as well. Um, obviously it's all about, it's all about the lyrics, but there's like, there, I don't know, it's just something more when, when we sing to the Lord, there's that, you know, obviously there's a spiritual element of things and it ministers to directly to our spirit. And we, you know, I mean, the Bible says that, that the battle is not just physical, right? Where your enemy isn't somebody in their physical flesh. It's, it's, it's Satan. It's, uh, you know, dark powers that are in the unseen world, you know? And so influences uh, that's, yeah. And that's why we pray and all that, because there's this battle going around that we can't see. Mm -hmm. And I think that music kind of helps us to connect Mm-hmm. And and it can be positive or negative. And I, I say this case in point. I have I have felt higher than a kite at at a 
Christian worship conference, you know, conference or concert or whatever. And I mean, I, I, it's just, I feel I, I have been at uh, places where I've just felt like I was on top of the world. I mean, I literally, I'm like, I'm thinking how can heaven be any better than this? You know, at the time <laughs> right. it was just so awesome. And I go away thinking, well, they were just people. It wasn't, I've seen better musicians, but there was just something going on there that was just more than I can, you know, angels, spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? And on the flip side, a few years back, I, uh, my nephew liked this band. My son kind of liked them too. And they asked me to take him to this concert. So I went and the opening band I had never heard of. And I certainly do not recommend you see them. It was a band called ghost. And I had never heard of them in my life. Didn't know what to expect. I'm just like, whatever. We just, you know, get through it and get on to the real thing. Mm. Who I did. I didn't even know the real thing. I didn't even know their songs either. I was just there for the ride. So this band comes out and they start to play. And I mean, I felt so awful. Their music wasn't bad. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't any different than anything that I would typically listen to. And it wasn't like, you know, it it wasn't even irritating like the raw, you know, that kind of stuff. It was just music. And I felt just on edge and I have, I suffer a little bit from vertigo Mm. and immediately that kicked in. I felt like I'm like, I I told my son, I said, I I think I have to get out of here. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. You know, I I don't know what it is. Wow. And I fought my way through it. I was just, I, it was just like, I felt like I was on edge the whole time. And when they stopped playing, it was gone. And the next band come out and I never felt it again. So I got on the internet and I looked and I looked at who's this ghost group anyway. They started with two guys jamming in their basement. And the one guy goes, oh man, that was a great riff. You know what would really go good with that? Some satanic lyrics. I went and looked and all of their lyrics are satanic. Wow. Now, I didn't hear one of those lyrics. I mean, I had no idea, you know, except, well, I will tell you, what made me look it up was that at the very end, they were, uh, I could hear them saying something about Lucifer's son. And I'm like, Lucifer's son, huh? What? And that's when I started to look it up. But after that, absolutely nothing. And I, I know something spiritually, something, some war inside of me was going on, mm-hmm. which makes sense because if you're a Christian, you're Christ follower, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not going to be feeling very good in the presence of evil. No. Right. So, you know, that that's, yeah, I know that's a little weird. No, I don't think it absolutely. is, I but I'll like tell you completely relevant because pay attention to what you're listening to is all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the right environment, whether it's worshiping or just praying, you can feel your Holy Spirit filling up. I mean, you just feel it. You just feel it. I do. I've seen your oh, yeah. guys' moods completely change from the moment I walk in the door on Sunday to after you guys get done with a really good worship session. Like, you know, just everything's on fire, it seems like. Oh, yeah. You guys are on fire. And I've never seen more joy in your spirit. And there, there's just something to it. It's the complete opposite of what you had mentioned for when you were in that uh, satanically influenced music. It's like mm-hmm. there's just an edifying presence to it. And, you know, I just encourage anybody who's listening that reach into that experience for yourself at one point. It may seem awkward at first, but it's just so transformative. There's no substitute. Absolutely. It's really, obviously it's God who's the the transformative factor, but 
he uses music. Amen. And uh, I believe that uh, he ordained music to do some pretty amazing things. And we can either choose to, uh, you know, listen to his music. I feel like I'm back in college. I did a, <laughs> going back to your Metallica, I actually did one of my uh, public speaking class things. We were supposed to do an argument, you know, basically make our case. And I made a case for Christian music over secular rock music. And so then another guy in the class decided to do the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so he brought in some, uh, his Metallica lyrics were his focus. <laughs> I was scared. I <laughs> some of the lyrics I'm, I'm thinking, wow, that's really, that's it. Those are actually lyrics of a song. <laughs> But anyway, sorry, Metallica fans, I apologize, but definitely not edifying for anybody. <laughs> not the stuff I was listening to anyway, or hearing from him. Mm. Right. Well. Well, okay. So, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if we should do songs of the week. We just did a whole music section, but. Eh, you know, you have to end on a song of the week, even if it kills us. We, uh, Absolutely. Maybe we can be quick. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do songs of the week. Um I'm not sure what this music does, but it certainly makes you dance. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Even I like in my that. chair. I like that shaker right there. All right. So, would you? did you plan for your uh, songs of the week? I mean, you've heard the show. He was just going to wait and see what the spirit led him to. Um. I'd like to hear your guys' input first. Okay. Feel for it. All right. I'll, since I've got mine in front of me, I'll go ahead and go. This one here, uh, for all of you um, rockers out there, Skillet has a brand new release. Really? A song, just a single song. Okay. It is called Surviving the Game. And uh, musically, it's like an in-your-face, really awesome rock tune. Um, but what's really cool is the words. The whole thing talks about it's basically the singer saying you know what satan world i'm tired of you beating me up it's time for me to survive this game and and defeat and so uh just a quick couple of lyrics here um he says you can try to defeat me and i don't know it's the pain that uh oh i'm sorry you don't know it's the pain that'll feed me and i'm i'm gonna take back what you took before because i was born for this all the bone all the bones that you're breaking you pretend that you're the one that can save me that's the world or satan now i'm taking it back it was never yours i'm fighting fighting for my focus light the fire inside feel it come alive show them that what i'm made of victories for the brave ones who never bow down the knee or bow never bow the knee when it's do or die one more time and it goes on to say uh, all the liars around me like the wolves of the walls that surround me in the face of fear i keep standing tall because i will conquer this knock me down like a lion i was born to be demon defiant <laughs> interesting lyrics and I won't ever let this kingdom fall. I'll show them. So it's kind of a, you know, kind of a just, you know, we're going to survive this thing kind of thing. You know, Satan, you can't, you can't take me down. I'm not going to let you world get me distracted. I'm going to get my focus back. I'm going to, I'm going to survive this. So pretty cool song. Give it a whirl. There's actually a video out there, which is kind of interesting too. So don't know what it has to do with anything, but check it out. Yeah. Um, I was checking out some skillet a few weeks ago. I don't listen to them much. 
Um, but I threw in her album, was checking it out. It was super good, right? It it was like um, it's but it it tends it tends to lean towards commercial. They are they are definitely you can hear outreach. them on the radio. They are easily. an outreach group. Yeah, um, it, you really with them. You know, again, I I don't necessarily promote a lot of particular bands or whatever or people or politicians or whatever but mm-hmm. uh, i will say that uh, john cooper the lead singer yeah um he has a podcast called yeah, cooper, cooper stuff, stuff. <laughs> you might want to check that out it's good you know he is definitely he's earning the right to be heard with his music they're yeah. definitely outreach oriented yeah um, they are not a worship band, although they will throw in on each album. There's always, you know, kind of a worship focus kind of song or two, um, some reflective songs or two, but they're more to, I think his songs more encourage believers and then give him the opportunity to do outreach, Yeah, which is really their heart. That's, that's awesome. Cause again, like we were saying about the metal stuff, there's people in that genre that need Jesus too. And it's just a great tool to bring them in. Absolutely. And plant those seeds. What so, you got for, sir? Uh, indescribable by Chris Tomlin. Nice. Uh, we just did this last that week. That song is kind of indescribable. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> um, <Which>? and indestructible. <laughs> uh, that's a whole different genre there. <laughs> right. Um, uh, from the high, I mean, basically, he's just talking about how I'm amazing god is and you just can't describe it um starts out from the highest of heights that to the depths of the sea creations revealing your majesty from the colors of fall and the fragrance of spring every creature unique and the song that it sings all exclaiming and then down near the later in the song uh indescribable uncontainable you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name you are amazing god all-powerful untamable awestruck we fall on our knees as we humbly proclaim you are amazing god yeah it's it's a great song amazing tune amazing it's indescribable it's a great song i actually saw i actually saw him down at the estate fair do that live and Ah. and i worshiped too and i'll tell you it was uh that was another high worship right there nice i I need to go see a christian group i'm yet to go to a christian concert it's on my list there you go and i'm running out of time so guarantee you i'll go with you <laughs> what you got robert uh, if uh got a couple options but this one here has been sticking out i had actually sent it to rick yeah i was like hey i got a challenge for oh you. yeah He's like I yeah let's I don't, let's I don't play pl- classical guitar rick yeah i know you're not that good but can you do this <laughs> <laughs> it was a little intimidating let me tell you man well there's a lot of elements to this song and so it it's good out, it comes out very simple at first and with a classic guitar and it just mm-hmm. i don't know it kind of has like that lost in mexico feel to it at first and it just it just <laughs> takes you somewhere you know some music just takes you to a different place but but it know. starts being lost in mexico yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> yes. reminds me of a song yeah um lyrics uh the song is gateway worship one single drop mm. uh one single drop of blood is more than enough to cleanse my soul with your love a little bit of grace can somehow erase a lifetime of failing you so i'll sing for you in all that i do everything i have is for you and i'm calling to you to guide me through lord i give my life to you one single touch of love from the father above exceeds my every need a merciful embrace is all that it takes to heal what is hurting me i think he wins yeah well you guys both win those are both great songs that's great good lyrics. i have to check that one out i haven't heard that 
Yeah. Nice yeah. Thanks for sharing. That was good. Good stuff. Yeah, thank you. Well, time for final thoughts. Well, just a short one for today since we've gone a little long here. Uh, and it really, today's uh, thought of the day comes out, out of Matthew chapter 16, uh, verses 25 and 26 says simply this, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give, your, give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? Uh, to follow Jesus Christ, it does cost us everything. Jesus said, you got to give it all up. You got to give control up. You got to let me be your Lord. That means I get to make choices from now on and, and you're going to follow my ways. Although I'm going to guide you along the best pathway pathway for your life, but still you're going to have to give up control and that's tough. But uh, I heard a wise man once say, he is no fool who gives up that, that which he cannot keep for that which he cannot lose. And, uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, you, you're going to have to pay a little bit of a price here by giving up control. But if you give up the control, not only am I going to guide you along the best, best path for your life, but you're going to gain eternal life. Friends, if you, haven't, if you haven't been willing to give up the sin the self-control, you know, the, 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 the being in charge yourself, if that's been something you've struggled with, I just want to say, I want to encourage you today that it's worth it. It is worth the risk to give it up. What do you got to lose? You can try it if you don't like it. <laughs> I trust me, you try it and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll never go back. But there's always that chance you could go back. And so, you know, it's not like it's not like it's uh there's the, the long and short of it, there's nothing to lose. It's a no-lose proposition. Give it up to Jesus, see how good it is, and trust me, you're never going to want another life. Amen. Amen. Well, folks that's the episode uh robert thanks so much for joining us and actually we will see you next week as well and um no way yeah uh, nathan's working his rear off well <laughs> we're gonna call it that he's working but, on his rear <laughs> on his couch <laughs> in his jammies sorry thanks, nate sorry nathan <laughs> uh even when you're not here i'm gonna bust you so so that's that uh folks thank you so much for tuning in um christian music if you're not listening to it, you should. It's a great way to worship the Lord and and kind of just getting get in that mode and get in that spirit and build your soul. Um, so do it. And uh, we we every week we have songs of the week. Uh, you can go to the For the Love of God podcast and under weekly songs, I have a list of all the songs we've done on the show. Well, most of them. I had to get out of my busy season and get get that call, all caught up. But there's a lot of them on there. And of course you can just go to Spotify or whatever and do your own searches. There's a lot of great bands out there that fits every niche that you have. Oh, yeah. So I, I encourage you to all do that. Uh, if you haven't followed, please do. We're on all of the podcast apps available and we'll see you out there and we'll see you next week. Um, that's the show. And uh, with that, say good night, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Rob. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.